Welcome to the Venari podcast. As part of our Health Tech CEO podcast series, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Ed Likovic, CEO of Nimble. So Nimble are a, a Series A digital health company who have created the world's first scalable digital and in-home fall prevention solutions. Yeah, welcome, Ed. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Wanted to start really, Ed, at the beginning and just kind of from a personal perspective, you know, a little bit more probably about your, you know, your upbringing, your childhood. Do you think you're always destined to do something in healthcare? Mm, great question. Uh, you know, I, I think I'd answer that at the high level and say, I think I was always destined to be an entrepreneur. I don't know that it was necessarily healthcare. My story of, of Nimble is my grandfather was an immigrant from Hungary. Uh, so came over to the United States, you know, when it, when everybody was coming over from Europe and, and it was really the American dream story, right? He came over with not very much, uh, settled in the middle of nowhere, Western Pennsylvania, where uh, you know, where the Hungarians were settling, right? That's that's yeah. the way it worked. And he started a small business that became a larger business uh, all around steel production and uh, and had a very successful life. Uh, the downside is he had a fall uh, and and really suffered from that and uh, and passed away well short of what he should have. So it's kind of those two things juxtaposed together here. When I think about Nimble, it's sort of, it was just, I think it was just in my blood to just mm -hmm. start something new, to be that, you know, explorer, pioneer, that spirit of adventure, but also to have that close loved one who was impacted by a medical condition, you know, falls. So I think it was kind of those those two things came together. And I think that's just a product of, you know, partially of my genetics and partially of what happened in life. Now, I didn't I didn't realize the kind of the, the, the personal connection there actually before. I mean, because mm -hmm. my next question was going to be more around like why Nimble, but I suppose aside from the kind of the personal piece, you know, what made you start or kind of, well, because I know you were involved in the start process, but and, sure. and lead this, yep. this particular company. Before Nimble, I was looking for something that addressed uh, a marginalized population. Because I think that we look at um, all too often, and, and rightly so, but all too often in the world, we look at race, we look at color of skin, and we think about marginalization that way. But when you look at income, you look at age, you look at uh, service, all, all these different things, there's so many different ways to look at populations that just aren't receiving what they could. And I just got really excited about the older adult population, because you have this huge trend of technology coming. And older adults, by and large, know how to use it. I mean, they're using Facebook more than anybody else. They text it just as well as anybody else. And then COVID, of course, accelerated all of that because they couldn't see anybody anymore. So everybody's getting tablets in their home to do telehealth visits and yeah. FaceTime the grandkids and all those sorts of things. So what I saw there was a was a population who who wanted to take control of their health, who wants to be healthy, who wants to do things, but they don't always know what to do or how to get the information. You know, if you haven't been brought up on the internet, when you search for something, you get all kinds of results. We all know this. You get all kinds of results. And yeah. it's hard to separate what's real and what's not. And a lot of content isn't written for older adults in the first place. And so I saw this population that's generally underserved, um, at least in the Western world. We can we yeah. can debate the rest of the world. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, 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 and they wanted something. And so we said, well, why don't we go out and deliver something that they can do in the comfort of their own home? And let's see if this is something people want. And Sure enough, it's exactly what they wanted. They want to take control of their health. They want small interventions in their home. They want to be, uh, they want to feel strong. They want to feel like they're in charge. And so that was that was really uh, kind of the other piece that came together here was, you know, you impact the world in a positive way. And where are the people that really need something that have been maybe overlooked? And I think that works from a social good perspective, but also works from an economic good perspective because mm. you're one of the first in that area to, to make a difference. Because you guys are the first in, in this area as well, particularly, aren't you? Yeah, I think, you know, it depends on how you look at it. There's a few others out there. You know, there's a lot of good solutions. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to 
downplay, you know, in-person classes are terrific. There's some yeah. wonderful instructors out there and those have been around for a long time. You know, there's plenty of at-home programs. They just haven't been delivered in that same digital manner uh, yeah. as what we're doing. And so, you know, I tend to not get uh, too hung up on who was first <laughs> or that sort of thing. I, I, uh, we always look at it. And when I meet other companies in this space, you know, there's a tendency for people to be competitive. And I say, look, look at how many people are falling. It's one in three in America. It's one in three in the world. It's world, it's worldwide problem. Uh, There's plenty of pie to go around for everybody to have something. You know, there's lots of different solutions, just like diabetes management or heart failure. There's no one company that does all of that. There's plenty of different options. Uh, So that's how, that's how we like to think about it. But, yeah, we we uh, the, bringing digital to older adults uh, is the market surprisingly lagged on that. More focused on on you, Ed. I mean, do you sure. do you enjoy being a CEO? That's a great question. If you ask my wife, she'd say I hate it, but I don't think that's uh, <laughs> entirely fair. She just gets the complaining part of me. Um, no, I do. I do like it. Uh, you know, what's interesting to me is the uh, the different uh, eras. I'll say that we've gone through as a company. You know, you start something out, and it's you and one person or two people and you're doing everything and just kind of scraping by to try to get those first you know people to pay something or that first validation and then you get to the point where okay you've got something you've raised a little bit of money then you get to the point where you have a small team it's like a family everybody's around the dinner table and then you get some more success and then you raise some more money and now we're at the point where everybody's not around the dinner table anymore yeah right and it, it just brings all these different sets of problems and so kind of as i trace my evolution i've gone from doing a lot of things to now primarily sending emails, telling people what to do, uh, you know, to, to some degree, like I'll, I'll start a Google doc and I'll put in the things that need to be done and then it gets shipped off to somebody else to finish. And so I've gone from that doing to much more strategy and managing people. And that's been, that's been interesting uh, because I always like to be active and have my hands in something. And sometimes it can be, you know, a little frustrating to give, to give up some of that. So I would say that, you know, on the whole, I really enjoy it, but uh you know, it's the roller coaster. And I remind my team of this every day. It's like when we have a big win, I'm like, guys, remember, we're going down. Like, there's going to be something bad that happens next. And when we're at the yeah. bottom, it's like, guys, remember, something good's coming. We don't need to get, you, you can yeah. get uh, too get hung up on in that. Either so way. I think, yeah, so that's the key, I think, for me is to not uh, not get whipped around on that roller coaster. Instead, try to stay as as focused and level-headed because everybody watches me, right? It's, it's you got, we have 32 people now. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're looking at me. If, if I seem upset and agitated, they're going to be upset and agitated. They're going to be wondering what's going on. If I'm calm, then they're going to be calm too. So uh, yeah. it's been a fun evolution. Now I can imagine. And I, I know that you guys obviously just recently rebranded. Mm-hmm. I suppose on that then, how, how active were you in that? Were you, did you take a step back and, you know, leave it to, to the marketing team or, you know, were, were you kind of, you know, leading the charge? We started out, I, I think we ran a really nice process. We brought in a an independent consultant to do this, who I thought was terrific. Um, and we invited everybody's feedback at the beginning. So everybody could give their thoughts. On, you know, we did these exercises. What is nimble? What isn't nimble? Uh, where do we want to be? What do we want older adults to think about us? You know, all these kind of yeah. brainstormings. Uh, and then what I tried to do was kind of step back, let people do their work. But I ended up having to step back in because so many people wanted their hands still in the pot that I had to come in and say, guys, like this isn't an everybody task anymore. This yeah. is the marketing, the marketing team that you got Rosie, who, who you helped us hire, who we love, uh, yeah. is leading this, right? And it's her and the brand manager. And they're the ones that are going to make the decision with my blessing, of course, but they're going to make a recommendation. And so it's interesting because you end up with these types of projects at companies that are just fun. 
And everybody wants to do them, right? Everybody yeah. wants to do a revamp. Everybody thinks they're a product manager. I feel so bad for people who work in product roles because <laughs> everybody thinks they know what to do, right? And they're telling you, well, we need to do this. We need to do that. Well, we've researched this. We've researched that. So it was one of those cases where um, I, I sort of, I stepped back from creating the new brand, but I didn't step back from helping to manage the process because we needed that, especially in a time of high growth, people don't always know what their roles are because different things are changing all the time. And so just being able to say, look, this is somebody's responsibility. They're the ones that are going to own it. Please provide feedback, but, but it's their decision. So, uh, and we're having to do a lot more of that as a company as we grow. Given where you guys are right now, and you mentioned obviously the kind of the growth challenges, obviously, you know, we've helped you kind of build out the team as well. Sure. Where do you see Nimble in the next kind of couple of years, do you think? Mm, good question. You know, I think when we think about where we're going, we've, we talk a lot about engaging older adults in their health. Um, so, you know, we started with falls uh, and that's been successful. We show ROI, we show improvement, older adults love the program, you know, all the things that a health tech company needs to show to be successful, we have on that side. What we found though, when we talked to our health plan partners is they're even more excited by the number of people we can get. In other words, it's the, the outcomes matter, but it's just, we're getting, and I'm going to use the word five times because that's what we hear a lot from our health plans, five times more people engaged in a digital solution than they've had in other digital solutions. So then they start coming to us and saying, hey, what else can we do together? Can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? Right? And what we hear from our older adults as well is, hey, I want to do more with Nimble. I trust Nimble. Nimble helped me. I can tell it works. I yeah. believe you, you know, you're not charging me. I know you're not trying to scam me. What else can I do with you? And so we think there's a bigger opportunity here to build kind of uh, health programs that older adults need that don't require uh, kind of intensive clinical support, right? We're never going to replace the cardiologist. We're never going to replace the endocrinologist. We're never going to replace the PT. Honestly, you go to in-person PT, it's going to be better than a digital program. It is because you have a skilled person there working with you. But what can we help older adults do in their home where they can take those kind of small steps to get healthier, like falls? Hey, if I work on my balance 10 minutes a day, uh, I'm going to get better. I'm, I, I just am. I'm going to get better. And that's something I can do. Uh, the next thing that we have coming out here in, in just about a month uh, is around urinary urgency. Right. And so we're trying to figure out, OK, great. Um Older adults, and this is a contributor to falls, right? They wake up in the night, they have to go to the bathroom quickly, they rush to the bathroom and they fall during that process. So how can we work on those things? What does diet look like? What sort of exercises, what sort of pelvic floor exercises can you do in your own? So again, it's that thing where when you look at older adults, 40, 41% of them say they're dealing with urinary urgency issues. They go to their doctor and they say, I have urine. They say, yeah, you know what? You're getting old. So and that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is, right? And that yeah. feels unsatisfying to somebody because they don't have something they can do or they get a, a photocopied sheet of some exercises that's been you know, photocopied 1,700 times so you can't even read the text on it, right? I'm sure you've seen these from yeah, the doctor's no, 100%, office. Yeah, 100%, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they take it home and it just feels unsatisfying, right? And so if we give them something that feels like it's made for them and adaptive, how many other areas of health can we impact? So that's uh, that's where we're looking next. I suppose kind of final question from me really, Ed, is sure. you know, would you have any advice for you know future CEOs or founders looking to maybe kind of start their own healthcare, well, healthcare technology company? Yeah, yeah. So I always give I always give the same piece of advice, which I'll give credit. Uh, a good friend of mine, Ben Rubin, who founded, uh, it's now called 10% Happier, uh, gave me this advice, which is when you're looking, there's plenty of problems in the world to solve. There's plenty, they're everywhere. The best way to figure it out is find something you're interested and passionate about 
and just go as deep as you can into that and just try to learn, right? In his case, he was interested in happiness and meditation. He actually went over to Tibet, lived with monks for a while and kind of learned what that was, you know, kind of embedded. I think of, I think of healthcare and I think of, hey, go shadow the emergency room physician, go ride along in the ambulance, go, go find the medical assistant at the primary care, volunteer in an office, right? You start, then you start to figure out, oh, look, look what they're dealing with. Look at this problem. Everybody has this problem. And then you can figure out the solutions from there. I think the danger, the big danger in health tech is we sit around from the outside and we look in and we think, oh, I'm going to create a solution. That doctor is going to do it. That doctor's not going to do it. Their life is 120% busy. They don't have time for something new. And you know what? The nurse is the same way. The medical assistant is the same way. The front desk staffer is the same way. Nobody in this field has spare time to implement your solution. So what I've seen is that, and I thought this was really helpful, and this is what we did in the early days of Nimble, was we just hung out at senior living facilities. And we just saw, hey, hey, look at this, try this. We'd catch people on their way to lunch. We'd catch them when they were reading in the library. Hey, what do you think about that? Would you be interested in doing this? And then we got a ton of feedback from that. We were able to build on that. So I think um, my advice would be don't, don't rush in to start something. Take your time to learn and really dig deep and really understand what the problem is. Because the second you really understand a problem that somebody has, you'll be able to build something that they're going to be interested in paying for. So Fantastic. I mean, that, that is great advice. <laughs> and so applicable kind of across the board in anything, isn't it? Yes, yeah, right. that's right. It is. It's been um, an absolute pleasure to have you join us today, Ed. And uh, yeah. you know, always good to see you. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. 